0: I want you to open it with me. We're going to start today and jump into this thought. If you understand this thing that we're going to teach today, you don't have to pray for blessing. You don't ever again have to pray for the blessing of God to come on your life. And the reason I say that, and I'm going to show it to you from the word of God, um, it always used to bother me when people would come down and just stand around the altar. And I know most people, they do it with a, a pure, genuine heart. And many people just have never been taught but they'll come and stand around the altar and lift their hands and say, Lord, God, I just want more of you, more of you. You know, bless me, Lord, bless me. And then you start to read the word. And when you start to read the word, you start to understand some things that maybe are not taught as often as they should be. But I want you to start with me today. Uh, in Ephesians chapter one, we're gonna pray and get get going with this because it's on my spirit heavy. It was in my spirit all morning as I was praying and as I was studying And I want to share it with you. I want to see you get to a place where there's such never-ending blessing in your life, such never-ending blessing in your life that you're not even thinking, well, I need to get back to praying God to bless me again. That's not God's plan for your life is that you continually pray and pray, God bless me, bless me. No, and and, and I'll talk about this as well, but in the Old Testament, we have an example of that taking place. And there was a book that came out a, a number of years ago Uh, the prayer of Jabez. And and, and I'll get into this all, but the prayer of Jabez, basically they broke down those few verses uh, from uh, First Chronicles where where the Bible talks about the man Jabez and asked asked the Lord, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my uh, coast, my territory. And and he he prayed that prayer to God and God blessed him and increased him. Um, But I do want you to understand something that that was under the old covenant. That was under an old covenant. Now, We're under a new covenant with Christ Jesus. Jesus has shed his blood for us already, and now we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. This is the best covenant that ever existed on the face of the earth. This is what Jesus did for us as New Testament believers. And uh, I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, open the eyes of our understanding today. Let us see things we've never seen in your word. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And I pray in Jesus' name that we would have our faith built and that the gift of faith would be in operation in every one of our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Let us finish this year in strength and run into the new year with a full momentum that you have planned for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to this. Ephesians chapter 1 this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, which was in Turkey, and um, I want you, I want to just read you one verse of Scripture, and that's Ephesians chapter one and verse three. Ephesians chapter one and verse three. Listen to this: The Bible says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing." In the heavenly places. Let me read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So stop right there and understand, he said, has blessed us in Christ. So it's not talking about everybody. It's talking about the people who are in Christ, believers, talking about people who are in Christ. So if you're in Christ, if you're a believer today, if you're saved and on your way to heaven, then the Bible tells us that we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So that is to say, every spiritual blessing, there are no more blessings to be blessed with. There are no more blessings to be blessed with, ever. There are none. Literally every blessing that you could possibly have, God blessed you with those blessings when you came into Christ. So the moment, think about this, the moment of your salvation, even as a baby Christian, you were blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in heavenly places. And so I want you to catch this right off the bat because this is different. This is different than the old covenant. This is different than any other covenant that went before the covenant we have with Jesus. This was not true in the Noahic covenant, was not true in the Mosaic covenant, wasn't true in the Davidic covenant. In the Old Testament, this was not the case. But now Jesus has created for us. And I want you to see this because I quote this verse often so that people really understand how powerful the new covenant is. But in Hebrews chapter 8 And verse six, listen to this, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent, much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. So notice what the Bible is saying here. Christ has now a ministry that is better than the old. Because the covenant that he mediates is a better covenant that's established upon better promises. And so they didn't have the promises that we have. They didn't have the blessings that we have. It's a true blessing and benefit to be a New Testament believer. Amen. It is a true blessing and benefit to be a New Testament believer. There's nothing like it. There's never been anything like it. I want you to think about this. That the Bible actually tells us, Jesus said these words, that in the kingdom of God, or excuse me, in, in uh, of all, the Bible says it this way, uh, of all those who were born of women, talking about everyone that's existed on the face of the earth, of all those who were born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist, okay? So stop right there. Love you, Brittany. So stop right there and see what Jesus is saying. Of every person who's been born of a woman, none is greater than John the Baptist. Jesus said that. And then he said, But the least in the kingdom of God is far greater than he is. Think about that. The least in the kingdom of God is far greater than he is. So, what's he teaching? He was teaching that in all of the Old Testament, of every person in history that's ever been born, nobody was greater than John the Baptist. Not Elijah, not Elisha, not David, not Moses, not Noah, not Solomon. Nobody in the Old Covenant, according to Jesus, was a greater man than John the Baptist. But now he's contrasting that. He's saying, but now we're flipping the script. And now in the New Testament, now that we're in the kingdom of God, we're in the kingdom of God. He said the least in the kingdom of God is far greater than John the Baptist. So that is actually a picture of how great the covenant you have with God is and what it means for you and to you to be in Christ. That you think about the powerful things, the powerful things that God did for his people in the Old Testament. You go through all of the Old Testament. Look what he did for Moses. Look what he did for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look what he did for Elijah, Elisha, Solomon. Uh, you know, you go through the list. It's amazing the miracles that God performed and the things that he did for his people under old covenants that were worse than ours. But now, the Bible says we've transitioned in. To a new covenant relationship that is far better than anything that has ever existed on the face of the earth. It's amazing. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day, and um, I'm not going to name any names, but they still might be watching. But this person had not upgraded their phone in years, in years. And, um, they I think they still were were uh, operating on the iPhone 6 and so <clears throat> they said you know and, and I prompted them I said go get the new one go get the new phone and uh, like no this is good and, and everything I said, no I'm telling you go get the new one and they went out and got the new iPhone. <clears throat> they were obviously eligible for an upgrade they haven't upgraded in years, six so seven eight uh, and then 10 and then 10s and then 11. so five years, haven't upgraded in five years, obviously eligible for an update upgrade, went and got the new one. Well, when they came home with their brand new phone, uh, they sent me a message that I didn't realize how much of a difference there is. I didn't realize how much better that this is until I got it and started using. it. I thought, and this is what they said, which is understandable. They said, uh, I thought that as long as your phone wasn't broken and, and was, you know, still good and everything that everything would be the same, uh, as the new phone. Uh, and and I, I I didn't realize that. Uh, but now that I've got this new one and I'm going through it and and using the features and using and looking at the speed and everything else, it's so much better. And that's the case. It is that much better. And so you look at that as the old and the new covenants, you look at how it is. It, It, there are so many more benefits you know, you, know how many, you know how many updates, <laughs> do you know how many upgrades they've added to the iPhone since the iPhone 6? You're right, I didn't even think about that. Uh, iPhone 6, then there was the 6 Plus, right? Or the 6S, I should say. And then the 7, and then uh, so I, I even skipped more years. But you know how many upgrades that they've added in you know, five years, six years to those phones? And she didn't realize it until she began to use it. It made me think about that, that she didn't realize uh, the benefit of it until she started to use it. And then the contrast between what was old and what was new was so stark and so different that she immediately recognized the benefits of being in the new phone. And that's the same way it is in the kingdom, is that those in the old covenant never had any of the benefits. That we have today didn't didn't have any of the wonderful things that we have through Jesus Christ. But you think about this; it's more. And 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 I love to use tech uh, examples because people understand them. But notice this: when you came into the new covenant, it's not just a software upgrade. It's not just a new operating system. You know, every, I think now we're on iOS 13. If you have an iPhone, uh, it's not just a software upgrade. It's not just a new operating system. But understand this. When you come into the new covenant, it is also a hardware upgrade. It's not just a software upgrade. It's a hardware upgrade. Because not only do you have these supernatural benefits, but now the Bible teaches you have become a new creature in Christ Jesus, that even your physical body is changed by the power of God. And the Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And now that he does, he's actually quickening or making alive our physical bodies. So it's not just a software upgrade or an operating system upgrade. It's a full hardware upgrade when you come into Christ. And when you do, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one and verse three, that he has blessed us. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So there are literally no more blessings to be blessed with. So you don't have to literally say, God bless me. He's already done it. He's already blessed you in Christ. That's the whole purpose of us coming into Christ. That's the whole purpose of when we get saved, you know, only one of those benefits, and yes, I'm sure it is the greatest benefit But only one of those benefits is eternity in heaven. And yes, it's obviously the greatest benefit, but it's only one of the many benefits that's available when you come in Christ. So I don't just have new software. I've got new hardware by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Desiree. Say that. I don't just have new software. I have new hardware. I want you to write it in the comments section. Every person that's watching uh, I don't have. I don't just have new software. I have new hardware as well. And take a minute and share this because it's important today. This is going to change you. Every blessing has been delivered to you in Christ Jesus. And then I got into this today. I started going through after Ephesians. I started going through uh, the the second letter of the Apostle Peter, and uh, there's such powerful, powerful revelation in just the first chapter. Yeah, write it in the comments. Morning, Mason. <clears throat> I don't just have new software, I have new hardware. It's not just spiritual blessings, but my physical body is being made new by the power of God. That's it. I don't just have new software, I have new hardware. 2nd Peter chapter 1. Check this out. This will blow your mind. What a powerful revelation from Peter. Uh under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes to the to the faithful, the Bible says, which is the believers. And I love this because, and I've done teaching on this before. If you guys were a part of it, you'll remember. But uh, he says something in the second verse of the first chapter that blows my mind. And it, it stirs me up so much to understand that I can increase the favor that's upon my life. I can increase the favor of God that's upon my life. Look what he said. May grace, that's favor, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more that I grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord, the more that I grow, who is Jesus? He's the word made flesh. He is the word made flesh. So the more that I grow in my knowledge of the word, I'll grow in favor with God. The more that I grow in my knowledge of the word, which also gives me something new to do, And to obey, then I'll grow in the favor of God. But then go on further with me. I want you to see this. The Bible says in verse three, and I'm I'm still in the first chapter, verse three, his divine power has granted to us all things. I love that. Has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Listen to verse four. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Look, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. Having escaped from corruption, from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. So I want you to see what God just did, what he's done for you as a believer. The Bible says he's given us all things. And I read that to you in Ephesians 1, 3, every blessing. Now Peter's saying he has granted by his divine power all things that pertain to life and godliness, all things through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence and has given us. Precious and very great promises, so that we could be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And let us become partakers of the divine nature. That is supernatural. That is supernatural. There's never been anything like that in the history of the world that God has allowed us to become partakers of his divine nature. And so I want you to see this, that God is not expecting us to pray and to pray and to pray for him to bless us. You can ask him for good things, no question about that. But the things you're asking him for are already yours. It's not something new. I'm not saying we don't ask God for things. The Bible teaches we should pray and petition him for good things. In fact, I'll take you to a, a place in scripture that I touched on yesterday where Jesus teaches on that. We understand that we're his children and we have the ability to ask him for good things, but we don't have to pray that he would bless us. We don't have to pray that he would make these things. No, that's not, that's not the covenant. The covenant is if I'm in him, they're already mine. See this? Most people never catch this. If I'm in him, they're already mine. I don't have to pray that he would give them to me. I don't have to pray that he would like make, you know, that they would transfer them from being his to now being my own possession. That's not the case. They already belong to me. I used to teach a series uh, that I had on CD and it was called, um, I'm trying to remember how I, uh, I think it was called accessing your heavenly account. Uh, Jenna would help me if she's still on. Accessing your heavenly account, something like that. And what I was talking about was, and especially dealing with the area of Ephesians one three, that all of these things are literally in your account in heaven. That you've got an account in heaven that is filled with every blessing that there is to have. They're already yours. It would be, and then and then you, when you're petitioning or obeying God's word or petitioning Him, what you're actually doing is making a withdrawal on your own account. It's already yours. He doesn't have to give it to you, it's already yours. And when you're petitioning him, when you're obeying his word, you're making a withdrawal on an account that's already in your name. And it's like a supernatural ATM. You're literally able to pull out of your account what was already yours. And so what's happening is, it allows you to manifest in the natural realm what is already existent in the supernatural realm. You are manifesting in the natural realm what is already existent in the supernatural realm. And so Jesus taught that. I read this verse yesterday, Matthew 7, by the way, uh, where Jesus said, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Why does everyone who asks receive? Because it's already yours. It's already yours. It would be illegal if I went to the bank. If I went down to my bank and I, and I made a, I went to make a withdrawal of my own finances, my own funds, and I whether it was in the ATM or if it was at, with the teller at the window. And I went to make a withdrawal for my own funds. And I said, yeah, I'd like to take out $300. And they said, well, we're not giving it to you. Well, it's mine. Give it to me. You have to give it to me. It's mine. And so if they tried to hold it back from you and it's yours, then that's an illegal act on their part, the bank's part. They can't refuse you what is yours. They cannot refuse you what is yours. And then the same way God would never refuse you what is yours. That's the whole reason he gave it to you. He would never refuse you what's already yours. He's already put it into your account. It's already got your name on it. It already belongs to you. All you're doing by your obedience and your faithfulness to the covenant is that you're making withdrawals on your account. Now, I want to get deeper with this. I want to go even deeper with this because I'm sure there'll be people that'll watch this and say, well, I don't believe that. I think you should pray. I think we should pray that God would bless us. No, the, here's the understanding that we need to have is that there's a lot of people, and I want to make this distinction because it's an epidemic in the body of Christ, especially now. I was listening to uh, my father yesterday, uh, teaching on his live stream and uh, talking as well to uh Uh, Charlie Shamp, who's also a minister of God that was joining my father yesterday on the live broadcast. If you missed it, go back and watch it on the Facebook page. But one of the things they were talking about, which I totally agree with, is that there's all kinds of believers that are always going around trying to get a specific word from somebody. Do you have a word for me? You got a word for me? You got a word for me? Do you have a word for my life? Do you have direction that I should go? And something that was, was said that I agree with was this is that there are many believers that are seeking out, quote unquote, a word that they want someone else to just provide. They want somebody else to just give them, that they don't actually have to take responsibility to seek the face of God for themselves, that they don't have to pray, that they don't have to read the word, that they don't have to fast, that they don't have to meditate on the promises of God. You know, God will speak to you just as quickly as he'll speak to me. Every person that's watching this, I want you you to hear what I'm saying. God will speak to you just as quickly as he'll speak to me. God will speak to you just as quickly as he'll speak to me. We have the same Holy Spirit. It's not like ministers get this like a special edition, like a limited edition of the Holy Spirit. And then other believers that aren't ministers, you know, don't have the same Holy Spirit. We all have. As the Bible just said, I read it to you in 2 Peter 1, we are all partakers of the divine nature. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. You have the same access to the throne room of God that I have or that any minister has. It's not different. You have the same Holy Spirit. And if you do, then the same one who leads and guides me into all truth is the same one who leads and guides you into all truth. We've got the same God living on the inside of us. And so I want you to hear this. There's, there, are, there are children of God, Christians, running around conference to conference. And I'm not saying you shouldn't attend conferences. I'm just saying here's the intent of their heart. I got to get a word from him. I need a word from him. I need a word from him. I need a word from him. But the, the same Holy Spirit that's in them is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. And he'll speak to you just as quickly as he'll speak to them. And do you know what God said to Jeremiah? And once again, Old Covenant. He said, if you'll search after me with your whole heart, you will find me. If you'll search after me with your whole heart, you'll find me. So what was God saying to Jeremiah? I can't be a hobby of yours. I can't be a part-time uh, um, you know, endeavor of your life. I've got to be everything to you. And that's the same with us. If, if we'll press in, if we'll seek after God, the same things that He'll speak to others, He'll speak to us. Well, in that same way, there is a the devil's trying to trick believers, and and I, that's why I dealt with it uh, last week, uh, or it was this week actually before I left Tuesday on the broadcast. I dealt with that demonic teaching that the enemy has tried to ooze into the body of Christ, so that we will take our responsibility away from our life in Christ so that there's no responsibility to doing what the word of God says. There's no responsibility to pleasing God with our actions. If we can get to, if the devil can get us to a place where we don't feel that we have any of the responsibility of doing what the Lord wants us to do in order to receive his blessings, then then we've lost. Because see, that's not how God works. John G. Lake, powerful man of God, said years ago in his writing and in his preaching. He said, any Christianity that or faith that puts all the responsibility on God is an irresponsible faith. And I want you to write that quote in the comments. Any faith that puts all the responsibility on God is an irresponsible faith. Any faith that puts all the responsibility on God is an irresponsible faith because God, see, what what, what a, one of the things that I want you to understand is what we're living in is a covenant. And a covenant is different than a promise. I want you to see this. A covenant is different than a promise. And this is why we need to deal with this today. Pop that in the comments. Any faith that puts all responsibility on God is an irresponsible faith. That's it. That's exactly it. Pop it in the comments. Any faith that puts all the responsibility on God is an irresponsible faith. John G. Lake. And so understand this. We are living in a covenant. Not a, a, this is a book of covenants, not a book of promises. Get this. This is a book of covenants, not a book of promises. And so there's. it's important that we understand the difference between the two. I'll explain it to you as I have many times before in preaching. If I said to you, I'm coming to your house today at three o'clock, you know, for those of you in the North, to shovel your driveway, to shovel your driveway, or if we were in the summertime, I'm coming to your house at three o'clock to cut your grass. That right there is a promise, okay? And that promise is based upon the integrity of my word. The integrity of my word. So if I'm a liar, And you know me to be a liar. You're not going to depend on that promise. Well, he said he was going to be over here at three o'clock to cut the grass, but we'll see. You know, he never does what he says, but it's a promise. It's me promising you that I'm going to complete an action, but it has nothing to do with you. Do you Do you see that? So a promise that I'm giving you has nothing to do with you. Whereas a covenant is much different than a promise. A covenant says, if you'll pay me $30, I will be at your house at three o'clock and I'll cut your grass. That is a covenant. A covenant is different because a covenant has two parts, not one part. A promise has one part, a covenant has two parts. A promise has one part, a covenant has two parts. God did not create all of these things as promises he created them as a covenant it always is if you'll do this then i'll do this if you'll do this then i'll do this if you'll that's what a covenant is and that's how god always always all throughout his word god dealt with his people by covenant details by covenant details what does that mean well let's let's give some examples of that so people understand what that means what is a Covenant detail. Well, let's talk about salvation, for example. What about salvation? That's a perfect example. Look what the Bible says. I'll I'll actually go to, um, let's go to Romans chapter 10 and look at the salvation covenant. Let's look at the salvation covenant. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and then believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what is God's part of the covenant? He will save you. But what is your part of that covenant? You've got to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's a covenant. So salvation's not a promise. Salvation is a covenant. You've got a part to play, and God has a part to play. You've got a part, God's got a part. My part, confess with my mouth, believe in my heart. God's part, I'll save you. Let's look at healing. Look at the healing covenant. Go to the book of James. I'm gonna show you the healing covenant in the book of james chapter 5 listen to this james chapter 5 and verse 14 we have a part to play god has a part to play listen to this james 5:14 is anyone among you in the church sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord verse 15 And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. So notice, there's the healing covenant. The healing covenant is if you're sick, call on the elders of the church. They'll pray for you, lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and then what's God's part? He, by the prayer of faith, will raise you up and make you whole if you're sick. So notice, healing's not a promise, healing's a covenant. Healing's not a promise. The Bible says they'll lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So what's your part of that covenant? I've got to lay my hands on the sick. What's God's part? They'll recover. You see, everything God does is done by a covenant, not a promise. It's a covenant, not a promise. Even the blessing of God on our finances, you know that very well. It's not a promise. It's not a promise. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. Listen to Luke 638, which you know very well. The Bible says give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will you? Will it be put into your lap? For with the same measure used, it will be measured back to you. So what's your part of the giving covenant? I've got to give. What's God's part? He will have it given back to you, pressed down, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So it's not a promise. It's not a promise. It's a covenant. Everything is a covenant with God. So which means I have a part of action to play. He has a part of action to play. So vitally important that we understand this because here's the key that I'm teaching today. If you'll understand this, you won't have to go around praying that God will bless you. You won't have to go around praying. Listen to what God did. He set up a covenant. He set up a covenant that if all we would do is interact With the covenant, then we'd always be blessed. Think about that. If we would just interact with this covenant, we would not have to pray for blessing. We would already be blessed and we'd stay blessed. We'd stay blessed. Even in the Old Testament, listen to what the Bible says Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. If you're willing and if you're obedient, obedient to what? The covenant. Obedient to the instructions of God. That's the covenant. If you're obedient to the covenant, what will you eat? The good of the land, the good, not the worst, not barely scraping to get by, not the bottom of the barrel. I'll eat the good of the land. When I fulfill the covenant, I eat the good. Catch that. When I fulfill the covenant, I will eat the good. I want you to write it in the comments like this. Every single person, if you're watching this, if you can type, type this. When I fulfill the covenant, I'll have the best. When I fulfill the covenant, I'll have the best. Put that in the comments. If you can type, if you're not driving or doing something, put that in and know that to be the the case over your life. If I fulfill the covenant, I will have the best. It's the promise of God. It is the promise of God. I want to read to you. A scripture that you know very well. That's it. When I fulfill the covenant, I'll have the best. That's it. That's it. Write it in the comments. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. If I fulfill the covenant, I'll have the best. Notice what God said there. Seek ye first the kingdom. That's the covenant. That's covenant details. Seeking the kingdom. Covenant details. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's living set apart, living holy, living righteous. Two things. Obey covenant details and live a set apart lifestyle. And then all these other things will be added unto you. They'll just be added to you. They will just be added unto you. You won't have to pray for them. Notice that. It doesn't say that you'll have to pray for them. It doesn't say you'll have to fast for them. It doesn't have to say that you have to sit around begging God for them. No, that's not the case. Just seek the kingdom. That means obey covenant details. Just obey covenant details. And live a set-apart, righteous, holy lifestyle. And guess what? All these other things, they'll just be added unto you. They will just be added unto you. When I fulfill the covenant, I'll have the best. When I fulfill the covenant, I will have the best. Look at this. I want to read you something here that'll stir up your faith. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, Let's go with um, verse 5, Proverbs 3, 5. I'm going to read from there and I'm going to read all the way down um, to 10. Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's adhering to covenant details. You see that? In everything you do, acknowledge God. When I'm giving, I'm acknowledging him. When I'm living, I'm acknowledging him. When I'm praying, I'm acknowledging him. Everything he tells me to do, that means I'm acknowledging him when I'm doing what he told me to do. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That's this version, ESV. He will make straight your paths. That means you can run with momentum, no obstacles. I will run in full speed ahead with no obstacles stopping me. And he will make straight your paths. Verse seven, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Being wise in your own eyes means you think you've got the best plan for your life rather than God having the best plan for your life. Anytime you start to contradict covenant details and you start to do your own thing, it's you saying, God, my plans for me are better than your plans for me. But that's why the Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. Look at verse 8. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So notice this. He didn't even say you'd have to pray for healing or refreshing. Do you catch that? I won't even have to pray for healing or refreshing. I won't have to do it. Why? By just adhering to covenant details. By just acknowledging the Lord in my entire life. By just turning my face from evil and fearing God. It will be healing to my flesh. I won't have to go stand in a prayer line and wait for somebody to pray for me and lay their hands on me. I won't have to do that. I will literally walk in supernatural healing and strength. Look at this. Um, It'll be refreshment to your bones. Look at verse nine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. That's a covenant detail. That's a covenant detail because it is an instruction From God. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then what will happen? Look at verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's God's part. Notice this it's always covenant. You do what God said, God will do what He said. You do what God said, God will do what He said. It's a covenant. And if you walk in the covenant of God, If you obey the covenant of God, you'll never have to sit around. Oh, God bless me. Oh, God bless. You won't have to pray that way because just by doing what he said to do, it will keep you in a constant state of overflowing blessing just by doing what the word says and obeying what he speaks to you to do. Then you will walk in an overflowing blessing by obeying the mighty words of God. It's a covenant. And so I love what uh, I, I believe it was Charlie that said this yesterday. Charlie Champ, when he was with my father, and he said, "You know, don't you feel that many people have, um, you know, that many people have um, an irresponsibility in their Christian lifestyle? They don't want to seek God for themselves; they just want everybody to give them uh, their directions." And yes, I agree with that. That's why I'm teaching today. That understand the power of this. If I will take responsibility to fulfill the covenant then I won't have to just sit around, oh, God bless me, I'm in crisis. No, you won't have to be in crisis mode. You won't have to go from issue to issue, crisis to crisis, problem to problem, always depending on a miracle to break it through and to get to the, no, you won't have to live like that. The Bible doesn't say that the just shall live by miracles. It says the just shall live by faith. Doesn't say that the just shall live by miracles. Now, miracles are there and available for people that need them. And we do need them. Trust me when I tell you we need miracles more than ever. We need miracles and signs and wonders. But understand this. Miracles and signs and wonders are things that are there, especially for emergency situations and to be something that God shows his power to the unbeliever. Think about this. I don't need to see miracles to believe in Jesus Christ. I already believe in him. Do you understand that? I don't need to see miracles. Miracles, signs, and wonders to believe in Jesus. I already have my faith firmly rooted and planted in Christ. Miracles, signs, wonders, they are a sign to the unbeliever that Jesus Christ is alive. It's for them. Now we get to benefit from them. There's many Christians that receive miracles of healing and receive miracles of financial increase, but we don't have to have those things to believe that Jesus exists or that God is real but that's proof for the unbeliever. And understand that not everybody's at the same level of faith. That's the other thing we have to understand. Not every person, cuz I know there's probably people that if you think logically like I do, then you'd probably say well then if 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 you if what you're saying's true that we like what you just read from Proverbs, if that's true that we could just honor the Lord Uh, With his covenant and do what he asks us to do, and that it'll be strength and healing to our bodies and to our flesh, and that we won't need to stand in prayer lines, then why does the Bible say what it says in James 5 about calling for the elders of the church? Keep in mind that not every person in the body of Christ is at the same level of faith. Your faith can grow. Remember this your faith can be great, your faith can be small. Or your faith can be non-existent in any area of life. Your faith can be great. You know, that's like what Jesus said to the, the centurion. He w- he marveled at how great the man's faith was. He said, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. <clears throat> Catch that. He said, I've not seen faith like this. That's Matthew chapter eight, by the way. I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Your faith is great. But then look at the disciples. Jesus actually had to rebuke them several times. And, you know, he'd say things like this. Uh, how is it, and you read the three stories from the from the, um, the, uh, the Gospels when they were in the boat and the storm arose, <clears throat> and you'll read three different uh, versions of, of how Jesus spoke to them in these, these storms. How is it that you have no faith? O ye of little faith, and where is your faith? Three things Jesus said. How is it that you have no faith? So there's position where people can have no faith for something. No faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if you've not heard the word of God preached or taught on any subject, you can't have faith in that area. Faith comes by hearing. So there's no faith. Then there's O ye of little faith. So you can have little faith. You can have faith that's not enough to overcome. You need to build your faith in that area. That's when we need the help of other people. You ever think about that? So we, we need to, uh, there's times where we need the help of others in order for us to go higher or go to the next level. That's James chapter five. Because understand this, I can stand in faith and believe for my own healing and miracle. But there's others that may not be at that place yet where they can walk in healing, walk in miracles. They can literally walk in the presence of God. Maybe they've not been saved as long. Maybe, maybe they've not had the teaching that other believers have had and so they need the help of those who have stronger faith and that's why the bible says call on the elders of the church why because the elders are supposed to have strong faith that's why they're elders that's why they're there it's why they're helping those that don't have that level yet that they should be at so if you're at a place in the body of christ where you're not quite there yet on and that's not being you're not, you're not being condemned people have to grow in faith but Understand, if you're not in that place, call on the elders, and that's what they're there for. They'll join their faith with your faith, and they'll pray for you, and then guess what will happen? You'll receive your miracle. Why? Faith was joined together, and so there's no faith, there's little faith, there's great faith, there's great faith, and so people can grow in faith, and that's why we need it, but understand, understand this, it's so very important that you can obey the covenant details that God's laid out in this word. And when you do, you'll not have to pray. Oh, God bless me. Oh, God increase me. Just your obedience, just your obedience to God's word will literally cause you to overflow in every area area of life. In every area of life. I can show you right now. Um. People, let's say, for example, you say, well, my marriage is being attacked. My marriage is being attacked. Well, if a husband does what the Bible says, then it is impossible for the devil to destroy your marriage. That's a heavy thing to say. That's a heavy word to say. And of course, the wife has responsibility as well. Of course she does. But God has given husbands... The Bible says God has given husbands the job or the task of being the head of the home and, read the scripture, the actual head of the wife. And so if I do what the Bible says and love her like Christ loved the church, then guess what? Everything else that's trying to come out remember this, husbands that are watching me, you are a guard, you are a, um, an armor of your home, your family, and your marriage. You are the armor. You are the strength that God has given to your home. That's why the devil hates fathers so much and wants to remove them from homes, wants to kill them and destroy them and destroy the marriages and destroy fathers. That's why the devil wants to. It's because he knows the strength a father has. He knows the strength that, he, that a father and a husband has been anointed with. That's why he hates them, wants to remove them. But you have the anointing and the power to destroy every attack that comes against your marriage. Every attack. I've been married to my wife now for coming on, what, 15 years. And we've never had a breakdown. We've never had a, an issue where it's like, I'm leaving you. I'm a, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm so sick of this marriage. You know, I, there's not been one time, not once. And we fought every couple fights. There's never been one time where I've said to her, I'm out of here. Or she said, you keep this up and I'm leaving. Never one time. Not once and we've had we're both strong people. Carolyn and I are both very strong personalities. And we have had fights. Every couple every couple has fights. But there's never been one time where the integrity of the marriage question I'm out of here. You keep acting like this, I'm gone. You know, people running out leave leave never. Why? Because we've allowed this marriage to be a God-driven marriage. The devil can't destroy this marriage. He cannot. He doesn't have the authority to do it. If you walk in the covenant, you'll walk in the blessing. My marriage will be blessed because I'll walk in the covenant. Understand, my finance, I'm not going to have to pray. I don't have to pray for a good marriage. I'm just trying to show you these, th- these things uh, practically for those of you that are watching. I don't have to pray for a good marriage. Now, if you've got a husband that doesn't serve the Lord, you've got to pray. You've got a wife that doesn't serve the Lord, you got to pray. But if you've got, as Jeremiah said, one flesh, if you've got two couples, or if, you, if you've got two people as a couple that are both serving the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, you shouldn't have to pray for a good marriage. It's good because you both obey the covenant. I don't have to pray for financial blessing. I don't have to pray for financial blessing. In fact, it's not really scriptural to pray for financial blessing, especially not in the new covenant because we've been given a covenant that shows us how to walk in financial blessing. Give and it shall be given unto you. Honor the Lord with the first fruits and your tithe. You know, do the covenant details. And guess what happens? Blessing follows it. I don't have to pray for financial blessing. That's right, Barrett. Your, your marriage will be blessed because you walk in the covenant. Your marriage will be blessed, those of you that are watching, because you walk in the covenant. Especially when you, you and your husband both serve the Lord. Obeying this covenant causes peace, joy, love to come into the marriage. Comes into your mind. Comes into your mind. Comes into your finances. Comes into your physical body. Just by not... do you ever think about just by not getting involved in sin? By just not getting involved in sin, you are already exempted from a majority of the things that are plaguing this nation. You never have to worry about an STD. Ever. You don't ever have to worry about a sexually transmitted disease when you walk in the covenant. You never have to worry... You know, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you never have to worry about your liver shutting down and lung cancer. You know why? You've put those things off. You're just obeying the covenant. You never have to worry about losing all your money because you're not addicted to gambling. Just by obeying the covenant, you've exempted yourself from a majority of the world's issues, a majority of them. You know, you're not involved in obesity and by destroying the temple of God uh, by by gluttony, which is a sin, the Bible says. And so because of that, because you'll never uh, be, a, be a glutton, because you're obeying the covenant, you'll never die of heart disease. You'll never die uh, and have limbs removed because of type two diabetes. I mean, think about it. Just by obeying the covenant, you're exempting yourself from a majority, from everything that sweeps through the country, through the world, It's not going to be your story just by obeying the covenant. (laughs) It becomes your blessing. You're blessed in Jesus' name. I said, You are blessed in Jesus' name, and you're exempted from the attacks of the enemy. You have faith to overcome, and covenant details bring you into covenant blessings. I want you to write that in the comments. That'll be the last thing I have you write today. Covenant details bring me into covenant blessings. Covenant details. Bring me into covenant blessings. Hallelujah. Covenant details. Bring me into covenant blessings. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost today. You guys are going to be blessed. 2020 is going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. Let it be a year that you adhere to covenant details like you never have before. Let it be a year that you obey the written and spoken word of God over your life like you never have before. Search it out. If you're seeing... Let me let me say this if you are are seeing decrease or if you're seeing an attack in an area of your life uh, let me give you an instruction here a practical instruction if you are seeing an area of your life that's being attacked or that's seeing decrease or that's diminishing I want you to go into that area of your life and start comparing it to the Covenant And I want you to see if what you're doing in that area of your life matches up with the covenant of God. That's what I want you to do. For example, if you're struggling in your marriage, you and your husband, I want you to go into the word of God on what the Bible says about godly marriage. And I want you to compare what you and your husband are doing to what the word of God says to do. I want you to do that. And then see if your life is aligned truly. See, this is where you've got to be introspective. This is where you have to be honest with the actions of your life. And you have to say, you know what? We're not really, we're not living up to the covenant. We're not doing what God's word says to do. We're not obeying what God's word says to do. And as a result, it's causing our life to suffer in that area. You've got to be introspective, but you've got to be honest and say, you know what? I'm not doing what the Bible says. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that right now and begin to do what the word of God says to do. I guarantee you when you start doing that, that area of your life will flourish by the power of God. It will flourish by the power of God. Struggling financially? Go back through your life and honestly see if you can say, I'm doing what the Bible says to do. You know, there's people that write me, "Uh, pray, pray that God will financially bless me and my family. Pray that financial blessing will come. I don't ever pray. You know what I write them back? Are you tithing faithfully? Are you giving offerings? Are you blessing the poor? Because if you're not even doing what the Bible says to do, how can I pray that God will bless your disobedience? I can't. I can't contradict the covenant with my prayers. Think about that. I cannot contradict the covenant with my prayers. I don't have the right to do that, nor do I have the authority to do that. I cannot contradict the covenant with my prayers. I can't tell God to bless you after he said, if you'll do this, I'll bless you, but you won't do it. I, I can't do it. I can't force God to violate his own word. He'll never do it. He's watching over his word to perform it. Jeremiah 1.12. He is watching over his word to perform it. He's just waiting for us to obey his mighty word. That's what he's doing. He's waiting for us to obey his mighty word. And when we do, guess what? Things are going to flourish. Every, hallelujah, every area of our lives is going to flourish. I'm talking to the faithful now. I'm talking to the faithful. I'm talking to those that are uh, obeying the covenant. Every area of our life is going to flourish in 2020. Your marriage is going to flourish. Your children are going to flourish. Your finances are going to flourish. Your health is going to flourish. Your mental state is going to flourish. Your job or your business is going to flourish. Your ministry is going to flourish because you're obeying the mighty covenant of God's word. Hallelujah. You're obeying the mighty covenant of God's word. I saw several people uh, writing in. They want me to pray. They want me to pray for their family, pray for them. I'm going to do that now. I saw several people write, I don't agree. That's fine. People cannot agree. It's not my thoughts. It's God's word. So if you disagree, you're just disagreeing with God's word, not my thoughts. I'm just telling you what God's word says. But let's pray because there are people that need miracles. They need this. I understand that not everybody's at the same place. I get that. And I've got a heart for people. And I know there's people who need help. And especially now and during the holiday season, people need help. And so we're going to pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I am praying now for every man, every woman watching this broadcast or listening to the podcast that need miracles. They need a turnaround in their life. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe, Lord, it's something that's attacking their mind. I pray now in Jesus' name that you would touch your people supernaturally. I rebuke every attack of the enemy against their physical body, sickness and disease. I command you to go now in Jesus' mighty name poverty, lack, respond to the covenant. Lord, I say now, every person that's battling anxiety and depression, especially through the holidays, suicidal thoughts, I rebuke them in Jesus' mighty name. And I lose peace and joy to God's people in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you. Marriages are coming back together. Husbands and wives are coming back together by the power of God. And this will be the greatest year they've ever known together move by your spirit lord in jesus name we love you do the greatest things in your kingdom and in your churches that you've ever done in the year of 2020 let us see your glory hit every church hit every ministry that's open to the move of the spirit let us have open heavens over every ministry that desires open heavens in jesus name let your glory be seen so so uh in such a heavy manifest way that people will be blown away to see what you're doing in your people in 2020. We thank you, Lord, Fort, and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. If you receive that prayer, throw some emoji hands up in the comment section and shout amen wherever you are. I don't care if you're in a cubicle at work listening on headphones. Shout amen and make the devil mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. I As I said today, if there's people you're believing for increase, I'm encouraging you sorry about that. If there's people that are believing for increase, I'm encouraging you by the power of God to sow a seed today. Why? Because it is only by that faith step of sowing seed that you can stand in the blessing of God. There's no prayer. Can I tell you, it's one of the biggest prayers we get on uh, the broadcast in the email inbox of our ministry, Facebook, we get in direct messages and Instagram. It's one of the number one, number one prayer requests that we get. Would you pray that God would bless me? Would you pray that God would bless our finances? I cannot violate God's word. It takes obedience. It takes obedience to the mighty word of God. And so I'm asking you now, every person, you're ready for financial increase. You're ready for debts to be canceled. You're ready to step into it. I'm encouraging you today and challenging you. Sow a seed by faith into this ministry. Sow a seed by faith. We just increased our giving as well. Uh, as you saw, that's why they sent a, uh, we had a video that was sent to us by Feed the Hungry. And that was the president you saw, if you were here at the beginning of the broadcast, the president, Stefan radelich of Feed the Hungry, the organization, Dr. Lester Sumrall, started uh, to bless the poor around the world. We just upped our giving to them again. We wanted to be in the top 1% of the top 1% of givers to that ministry to bless the world. Uh, and to bless the poor, those that are struggling, those that are without. And uh, we just increased it to even take on more children, to bless them daily. And they're eating around the world. And I thank every person that's partnering with us. Thank you for standing with Miracle Word Ministries and me and Carolyn as we're doing what God's asked us to do. And I'm telling you, it's gonna even get greater in 2020. It's gonna be even greater. So if you'd like to sow a seed today, you can easily do that by going to miracleword.com clicking on the give button. And if you would like to uh, partner with us, there's an actual partner tab that you can fill out a form. And every month you can sow $85 a month or more at that level of partnership. There's many that are doing $100, $200, $300 a month, some even more than that, to stand with us to see the power of God shake this world before Jesus comes back. And there is a blessing that's attached to partnership. There's a divine blessing that is attached to partnership. And so our desire is to bless this generation. That's our desire and I know it's yours too or you wouldn't be uh here listening and be a part of this ministry. Every person I know that watches us with the uh exception of uh, the few that said, that typed in all caps I disagree. <laughs> People drop in to drop a bomb and then they leave. Um <laughs> but there's there's a difference between you and others that are uh really hateful towards uh, the message of blessing. I've never seen anything like it in my life. More more than ever before. People that are hateful towards the message of blessing. But not, that's not you. Those of you that are watching and listening. You love to bless others. And I thank you for that. And thank you for standing with me and Carolyn. You can also, if you'd like to use the Cash App um, or PayPal. Cash App. The cash tag is MWGive. MWGive. Uh, PayPal. The email address is info at miracleword.com. And uh, once again, for every person that would like to uh, write a check and then put it into an envelope and then buy a stamp and put the stamp on the envelope and then drop it off at the United States Postal Service, have them extremely slowly transport it to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where it will end up inside of our P.O. box and then we will retrieve the mail Open up the envelope, take that check down to the bank, endorse the check, and then deposit the check and then five to seven business days later have that uh, money available in the account. If you'd like to give in that in that way, you can mail a check to PO box 65116, Virginia Beach Virginia two, three, four, six, seven. Uh, There are people that still request that. And uh, that address is on the website as well at the very bottom in the footer. We love you guys so much. Thank you, Michael and Amy. I appreciate you saying that. I love Peckville Assembly of God. I love the Drost family. I know exactly, Andrew, how to cash a check. I love you guys so much, and uh, I appreciate you. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow morning. I'm doing everything I can to get Carolyn on this broadcast. And then tomorrow in the evening, 6 p.m., is the Miracle Word Kids live stream party. And we're going to be doing giveaways for your kids. Maddie and Brooklyn will be on. And an unboxing, unveiling, special surprise for all of your kids. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. I love you. Any questions before I go today, I'll give you just about two, three minutes if there's any questions, uh, I love Pam McLeod and Gary. Good to see you on today. Um, yeah, Matt, then it bounces. <laughs> if anybody has any questions, I'll take a couple before we go. I'm excited, man. I hope you guys are ready for Christmas. It's one of my favorite times of year. I love to see the kids getting blessed. We just took on some kids uh, at our church um, last night. Our church, Abundant Life, um, is doing something to bless the uh, the kids of this area, and so our family uh, took on a bunch of kids last night at the church that we're going to bless for Christmas this year, and uh, I love it. I love Rand Rubble. Good to see you, buddy. Love you, Rand Rib. Good office pranks. I'll tell you one real quick that got a kid fired. Um, the first and the best, Taya. You know what they always did was gave their first and their best, uh, to God, the first and the best to God. Um, I'll tell you one, Cody, a friend of mine that Jonathan knew, he, uh, he was a youth pastor at a church. And so around, around uh, Halloween time, he went out to the store and bought one of those masks, the rubber masks that look really horrible. And, uh, the only, the only two people that were left in the church for the day was him and an extremely old secretary. So this is back when uh, Johnny Knoxville and those guys were doing those videos. And he thought it would be funny to prank her for the, for the youth group and film it. And so he stood in the lobby of the church while all the lights were like down and off and just a few were on. And uh, he, uh, he stood back there with the mask on. And when she came out, she like looked once and saw and then flipped her head and looked again and she screamed and she she was screaming like, who are you? And then she ran out of the church. They found her like a mile down the road. And he thought it was like really funny. He didn't know he had it on video. And then he got called into the pastor's office like a week later. Found out later like the, the woman had to be in counseling and stuff. And they fired They fired him. <laughs> Which I love. Does it affect, Kyle's asking, does it affect God in a way if you don't believe fully? No, nothing, nothing affects God, meaning he's the same. He's always the same. Um, it affects you, Kyle, is the answer, uh, because you can't receive the things God has given you if you don't fully believe and act out the covenant. So that would be the answer is it doesn't change God. It changes you. Jeremiah is asking, is Kanye a devil disguised as an angel of light? I don't know that. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm thanking God uh, for, for, his, um, for his conversion. I'm thanking God for his salvation. And I think the most important thing after salvation, obviously, is discipleship. It's discipleship. And the important thing... You know, the Lord spoke to us, Jesus spoke to us and told us to make disciples, not to make converts, is to make disciples. And so one of the, I'd say one of the most important things that will happen for Kanye West is that, and that I'm praying for to happen, is that he will receive proper discipleship, meaning he'll be connected to men of God that will help him to grow in his walk with Christ, that will not just leave him at baby Christian status but literally and I believe God's placing people around him I really do uh that are going to help him and so uh I I really I really do believe that uh that that God's going to use them to to raise him up in faith and to help him become a more mature believer and I'm really praying that we'll see it and not just him but many more celebrities there's celebrities that I pray for that some that people may not even know who they are but I pray that God will find a way to get a hold of them, you know, put someone across their path to preach the gospel to them, and bring them into the kingdom. And uh, I think more celebrities than we realize are being affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that 2020 will be a year that we say we see more celebrities than ever coming into the kingdom of God. And I thank God for every uh, conversion to Christianity that we see, but I do understand the importance of discipleship. And I know my friend, Pastor Cody Spencer, is hard at work right now writing a book that's going to help a lot of people uh, with that very thought. Yeah. That's wonderful, Michael or Amy. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. Kyle, you got to keep yourself free from environments of unbelief. You got to stop hanging with people that are full of unbelief in their heart. That's why your your um, relationships should be, and he's asking the question, uh, if I say I believe, but help my unbelief, is it just h- hard to believe if the environment is very discouraging? Yes. The answer to that is yes, you've got to uh, surround yourself with people of faith and make your make your uh, connections with people who believe like you believe. Okay. It's Michael. Good to see you. And so it's important. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Linan says, uh, I'm sure a lot of the disciples asked the same question when, uh, about Paul, when he was suddenly converted. Uh, and even Paul, you know, he, he said in his own letters that there were people that were afraid to see him and Afraid of him because they'd see him coming and say, "Here's the guy that murders Christians," not knowing that he uh, was now serving Christ. So there's always going to be people that doubt what what happens, and um, you know it's 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 important to have faith in what God's doing and believe for the best. Always believe for the best. That's right. They've got to enter discipleship. It's so very important. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me today. I really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 10.30, same time, same bat channel. uh, And hopefully Karen will be with me. We'll take some questions and uh, it's gonna be great. Have a powerful Thursday. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Love y'all. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.